Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Good morning. Good morning to everyone in the room and good morning to those online. Have I got sound? Have I? One, two, one, two. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you can. That's good. I just sound a little quieter than normal. That's all right. How about you take five seconds to uh, say good day in the chat. If you haven't already said good morning, let us know you're there. And if you're in the room, how about you give a high elbow for Jesus? Um, or if you're acquainted with the person enough that you feel comfortable, give them a high five for Jesus in the room. Uh, that'd be fantastic. So it's a little bit awkward for the people at home. If you've got people there with you, give them a high five for Jesus too. Um, that'd be great. Um, fantastic. The title of my message this morning is I Choose Joy. Would you say it with me? I Choose Joy. Now, if you were saying that to me, the first thing that would go through my head is, is it a choice that you can choose joy? I would think, is it possible that we can choose joy? Is it something that's choosable? Well, obviously I'm preaching on it, so I think there is an opportunity to choose joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that the Spirit produces in us, but I believe we have a choice to choose joy. It's a choice to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's a choice to listen to the Spirit of God speaking to us. Romans tells us about how in the last days, people will harden their hearts. They will defy the Spirit of God. They will defy the truth that is written within their hearts. And they will abandon themselves to all kinds of sinful desires. It talks about the calloused heart, the one who just has continually ignored what the Spirit of God is saying. We can choose whether we listen to the Spirit of God or not in our life. It's a choice to follow His call. Again, going back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, we looked at the Genesis, referred back to it the last couple of weeks. It says on, in verse 2 that on the seventh day, God finished from his work of creation and he rested. I heard some hallelujahs in the room. God chose to rest. God was not tired. God was not kind of like, oh, I need a bath. I just ache all over. God wasn't sort of saying, I'm exhausted, I need a break. But God chose to rest. He ceased his work, he stopped, and he rested. Why? To enjoy his creation. To stop, to rest, to enjoy his creation. The word enjoy literally means to give joy to. That's where the origin of the word comes from. It means to give joy to something. It's to enjoy something. Another word you might use is to rejoice over something. And God rejoiced over his creation. You know, he rejoices over you. He, he loves you. God chose the very first thing he did after creating the heavens and the earth, after he created the world and everything in it, on the seventh day, he chose to stop, to rest, and enjoy his creation. And God has created a pattern for us. He commanded his people on the seventh day to obey and honour the Sabbath. It's one of the Ten Commandments, to honour the Sabbath. And God has created this, this pattern 
for us to see that it is good for us to stop and to rest and to enjoy, to give joy to what God has done. And we read in Hebrews 4, and Josh has already referred to it already, it tells us that every day is now the day that we are called to enter that place of rest. Actually, can I just grab some lights on in the room so I can see people's faces? There's, there's eyes. I can't see mouths, but I want to see their eyes. I want to see people's faces. There we go. I wish I could see your, your eyes at home too. And God willing, God willing, we will soon. We'll look at Hebrews a little later. This morning, my title, as I said, is I Choose Joy. Let's just pray before we open God's Word together. God, we just thank you so much that you have revealed yourself to us. That, Jesus, you have come to this world you created, you gave your life upon the cross so that we could be set free from the power of sin. And, God, I just thank you that you know every circumstance we go through today. God, you understand our every need, our every desire. And, God, I just thank you that even though sometimes we are are trapped by circumstances, God, we are held captive by different things, whether it be our thinking or other ways, that, God, you can deliver us from all these things. That, God, I just pray today you would bring a, a renewed sense of joy to every heart today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sorry, if I'm a little passionate this morning, it's because I am. <laughs> I'm a little fired up. I, um, Acts chapter 16. Let's read it together. Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. Give you a second to grab your Bible. If you're at home, maybe you want to run to your bedroom, grab your Bible and uh, bring it down. I encourage you to open up your Bible, circle it, underline things. Let the Bible be something that you, you know really well. It says in this in verse 16, One day, as we, being Paul and Silas, were going down to the place of prayer, so they've gone to Macedonia after a vision, they've gone to Macedonia to, to find these ones that they've felt God leading them to. It says, One day, as we're going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in uproar because of these Jews, shouted the city officials. Once again, it's never good to define people into... Anyway, make divisions of people. Verse 21. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. Just stop there for a second. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't really hear what it's saying. It says, the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. I thought that was kind of the role of a jailer anyway. Like, they ordered the jailer to make sure they didn't escape. Sorry, I just found that fascinating. It's like, we really don't want you to let these guys escape. We'll continue. Verse 24. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. 
and the other prisoners were listening. I'm just going to pause there for the moment. You know, for the last 18 months, I think many of us, to be honest, at times have felt trapped. We have felt trapped by our circumstances. We have felt trapped in our homes. We have felt trapped from going on trips you may have planned. Some of us were extremely blessed and were able to still go. But there has been moments for so many of us where we have felt trapped. And in this passage, we see Paul and Silas are in two different situations where they are feeling trapped, I believe. Firstly, day by day, they're they're going to the place of prayer. They're going down to, to be with the people. And there's this slave girl who yells and, and screams at them and, and just doesn't just even annoy them, but I think torments them every single day. And finally, after being annoyed by this for so long, Paul has this moment where he just snaps. He has his Popeye moment. You know, the kids and I were watching Popeye. Does anyone remember Popeye? It's like Popeye's a pretty meek and mild sort of character until he has his spinach. Like he downs that can of spinach and it's just like something rises up within him and he has his Popeye moment and it's like, I can't stand it, I can't stand it no more. And it's like the muscles bulge and fires up. And Paul has his Popeye moment. I wonder if you've had Popeye moments. I'm not going to share with you any of mine right now. Um, <laughs> um, but Paul snaps in this moment and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of this woman, demon. And in that moment, God does something miraculous. This demon is gone. This girl is set free. She is released from the bondage of this demon living within her. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Except for one thing, that this boss, or actually probably her owner, is not very happy about what's going on. And straight after this amazing moment, we see after the miracle comes an attack. And church, I just want to pause on that for a moment and point out that, and I want you not to be naive to the fact that so often after God does some miraculous thing in your life, after God does some amazing thing in your life, so often after the miracle comes an attack. Now, when people get baptized, I always say to them, hey, this is awesome. Hey, Frank, it's awesome to see you get baptized. And you see someone get baptized, it's fantastic, but so often, straight afterwards, the enemy comes and he wants to steal, kill and destroy. Satan always wants to steal our joy. And after the great thing God does, after the great celebration, after the, the miracle, whatever God does in your life, so often Satan comes in to try and steal, kill and destroy your joy. Jesus came that you might have life, but the thief comes like a roaring lion to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to distract you. He wants to attack you. He wants to accuse you. He wants to do anything he can to stop you having joy in Christ. He just wants to distract you any way he can to stop us praising God. If he can distract us from what God has done, if he can make us forget about the wonderful things that God has done and provided for us, he's happy. And to be honest, at this point, when Paul and Silas, this, this amazing miracle happens and then the, they, they drag him into the courts and the mob forms, I really wish that I could tell you that in that moment, you know what happened? There's these mighty angelic beings appear and the whole crowd 
scream in terror and they run off like little babies. I wish I could tell you that's what happened, but it's not. Now, I do know of other situations where people have had that kind of thing happen in their life, where angelic beings have appeared in a room and people have been terrified by these angels and things that have happened in supernatural ways. And God has done and does do things like that at times. But in this moment, that's not what happens. And we see Paul and Silas get thrown into jail, into the inner dungeons. And their legs are clamped in the stocks. And I just wonder how cold it was in that place, how, how, how much of a stank there was in the air, how, how uncomfortable those stocks were on, around their feet, how dark it was. And I wonder what the atmosphere was in that place before they arrived. I think it would have been pretty miserable. It would have been pretty horrid. To be honest, I think Paul and Silas would have liked my plan better. It's like the angel thing. Like, I don't know about you, maybe. But God had a plan. You know, if I was Paul, if I was Silas, and I was sitting in the dungeon with my legs in the stocks, in a dungeon, it's dark, it's dank, it stinks, it's cold. To be honest, I think my mind would have gone a different direction, quite possibly. I would have been thinking, God, you gave me this vision of the people of Macedonia. God, you've given me this dream. You've given me this, this passion to come and reach these people in Macedonia. God, how could you let this happen? I'd be thinking, God, those people in Macedonia, they need to hear about your love for them. God, you've given me this passion. God, why, why is it like this? If it sounds like I'm speaking from a place of personal experience, I am. There's been moments where I'm in my life where I'm just thinking, God, you've given me this passion. You've given me this burden for that person, for this situation. But God, why is it like this? And it can be so hard. I would have been thinking, God, you stopped us from going to Asia. You got to, stopped us going from Bithynia. As we read about just before this passage, that the Spirit of God stopped them from going to those places. And thinking, God, well, why didn't you stop me coming here? Like, this isn't so good, God. What's the deal? What's the plan? I think the truth is, we all go through some trapped moments. We all go through moments where we feel trapped. We think, what choice have I got? What can I do? What could I have done different? There's nothing I could have done. And we just think, God, why is it like this? I don't understand. Read through the Psalms if you think you're alone. Read through the Psalms of David. I love the Psalms. The honesty of David. And I'm not going to let you, but if I, if I let you read through my journal, you would see my, my prayers to God and saying, God, this is how I'm feeling today. You know what? Sometimes God miraculously does something in the moment. An angel appears, a demon's cast out, and God does something amazing, and he delivers us from the problem. The slave girl set free. God delivered me from massive pain in my back when I broke my back. Three vertebrae, ribs, sternum. I was in an absolute mess for three months and then overnight God healed my, my body and made me well again. God is able. He's a miracle working God. When I was 18 years old and I had glandular fever and just sleeping and sleeping and my pastor came and prayed for me and in a, in a moment it just felt like a, a ton of bricks lifted off my shoulders and I was healed in that moment. 
And I've prayed for people and seen knees healed and arms healed. And, and God is a miracle-working, amazing, amazing, wonderful God. And we should pray for any opportunity we see. <laughs> but there are moments, there are times when it doesn't happen the way we would like. As I said, I'm pretty sure Paul and Silas would have signed up for the angels thing. Like, God, you know. But God had a greater plan. You know, if I'm really honest right now, I'm in one of these seasons. I'm in one of these moments where I'm thinking, God, why does it have to be this way? I hate it, God. You know, as a church, and a lot of you would have received an email. If you didn't receive that email, it means you've either unsubscribed from our emails or we don't have your email in our database. Uh, yesterday afternoon, you should have received an email from us as a church um, stating some, some facts about what's happening going forward. And if you didn't receive it and you'd like to receive those emails, I encourage you to fill in a Connect card and say, Andrew, I want the emails, and we'll, we'll put your name down there. But as a church, we are legally required to not allow anyone who is not vaccinated serve in any way at the church. And I hate it. I hate it with a passion. We can still have groups, up to 20 people, no questions asked. We don't have to ask if you're vaccinated or not. You, you come and you come freely. Praise God, we can still have life groups come and groups of 20 people. And we do not need to know your vaccination status. And I don't want to know. But again, when we get to the place where there's 80% of people that are, that are over 16 that are double vaccinated, we move into a new phase of, of we can have more people at the church if we then say that we require proof of vaccination. But we don't want to go that way or an exemption. As a facilitator team over the last week and a half, we've been praying and, and discussing the way forward for us as a church. And we have made the decision, we, have, we believe God has led us to the point where even though we've been so quick to open up every chance we have had to have a service, when we have had a chance to have people here in the building, we have opened up every single time. I don't think there's been a week go by when we have been allowed to have people in the building and we have not had people in the building. And I, I just want to pause on that note and say thank you so, so much to our teams. To be honest, at times my, my expectations might have been pretty high and sort of saying, guys, we're going to do this. And they've kind of said, alrighty, let's do it. And I just want to say thank you so much. I don't think many of us realise the amount of hours that people have put in behind the scenes to contact people, to set up things, to get teams together, to organise things. And I was, I am just continually blown away by the love people have for one another to do those things. And I don't want to boast about how, what we've done, but I know there's other churches that still are not having people meet together yet because it's just too hard to do it for 20 people. But I just want to say thank you to every person who has helped services happen here at CFC over the last two years. COVID or no COVID. <laughs> I know for a fact that some churches have just, in the last couple of weeks, had their first service with 20 people again. But every time we have been so quick to open up, but this time... Instead of opening up when we have the chance to open up to 75 people, we actually believe that God is calling us to wait. To lay aside our opportunity, maybe you might say, maybe you're double vaccinated, you're thinking, Andrew, well, we can meet. But we feel as a church to, to lay aside our desires, 
and to say we're going to put aside our own desires for the sake of the unity of the church and we are choosing to wait. We believe that in late, December, late, sorry, late November, that uh, as Victoria reaches the 80% of people 12 and up who are double vaccinated, that we'll go to the national plan, we'll leave the state plan, God willing, God help them to do that, and that we will align with the national plan. And then we're believing that we can all come back together, vaccination or no vaccination. That's, that's our plan. To be honest, there are still potential issues with this plan. And if the state government is reluctant to give up their power, which I know some are very concerned about, if we roll across the national plan, instead of going to phase D that we're expecting that they go to phase C, then that creates other issues. And we will have to reassess if that happens. We, we, we can't continue in this way forever. But you know, my prayer through all of this is not only will things change quickly, not only will things change soon, not only will we all be allowed to come back together and worship God in one place with, with everyone here, no restrictions and with one voice, I'm just picturing the room full of people again and, and praising and worshipping God together. Oh, that makes me excited. But not only that, above all of those things, my greatest prayer is that we would not allow anything to steal the joy of our salvation. Above all these things, no matter what is happening in our lives, no matter what is happening in our world or in our church, that we would not allow anything to rob us of the joy of our salvation. Because Jesus is our saviour. Jesus is our source. He's our provider. He's our strength. He's our Lord. He's our healer. He's our king. He's the righteous judge. And he's coming. He is a source. He's the sustainer. He's the author of our faith. And he loves you and nothing can ever separate you from his love. We might be separated this morning by a screen, but God's love is for you. And I pray that nothing will ever steal your joy in Christ. Church, let's choose joy. Let's choose to find reasons to praise our wonderful God and Saviour. Yesterday, as I said, we sent out an email and I just want to say thank you to so many people who've already responded to the survey that was part of that email. Um, I was amazed, to be honest, how many people have already responded. And, and I, well, I'm going to be honest, as of midnight last night, I read through every response that's come in so far and I just want to say thank you. Um, you know, some of us are really, really struggling and I want to say thank you for your honesty in in being open to share some of those struggles through that response. I just want to acknowledge how, the pain that some people are going through and we need to be praying for one another. But I want to say thank you again for the encouragement and for the, the gratitude that people have shown even in the struggles. Um, just through the week, we, we sent out that email first to some of the leaders here at CFC and as one of those replies came in, I, I just began to cry and just that the love and the graciousness in which people are handling this current situation. And I just want to say thank you to everyone. I want to finish this morning by, by reading the, the next few verses in Acts, and I'll ask the band if they want to come. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, we'll just read the last verse we read again. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. 
Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Church, we may go through seasons of feeling trapped. We may feel trapped, but we know that Jesus has won the victory. Jesus has won the victory and we will be delivered. Whether it's in this life or the next, we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. And maybe this morning you're joining us online and you've never been to this church before. In fact, you're thinking, I don't even know where this church is from. And you're watching today. You may have done the most horrific things in your life. You may have said, done, whatever. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, who acknowledges their sin and says, God, I am sorry, and prays in their heart and says, God, forgive me, help me turn away from this. It says in the word of God that you will be saved. Turn from your sin. Come follow Jesus. Learn his, his plan for your life, that you might have life, that you might be able to be a bringer of life and share this hope with the world. And just as that jail shook, just as the doors flew open and the chains broke off, this world is being shaken. This world is going to be shaken. And I believe God's plan for us as his people is that the world would see our response the world would see our, our love for everyone. The world would see our, our peace in him. The world would see that we continue to have a joy of our salvation in him and that they would fall on their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? How can I have this hope that you have? How can I have this peace that you have? Who is this Jesus? I don't get it. You know, on that, on that day that Jesus returns, it says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I wonder, will you be doing it with absolute joy? Or will it be that moment of saying, oh no, it's too late? Paul and Silas say to the, the, the jailer, when he says, what most of you do to be saved? He says, trust, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. As I said, I was thinking to look at Hebrews 4, but we won't go there today about entering that place of rest and how God says now every day is that day to enter that place of rest. I want to point out just as God rested and enjoyed his creation on the seventh day, he had that, that rest and enjoyment. God wants us to daily stop and rest in him, to have joy in him and to worship him. I think when we say, I choose joy, really what we're saying, when we say, I choose joy, we're actually saying, I choose to focus on who he is. I choose to focus on what God has done, and I choose to worship. I choose to praise my God and my Savior. I choose to worship. Day by day and this week, I want to encourage you. I want to excite you. I want to challenge you to stop and find reason to have joy in him this week. 
over the next six weeks, we're going to have some Sunday night worship times, as Rach has shared already. And I want to encourage you to book in to one of those times. And maybe you're not a, you're not a, like a, like you worship through everything you do. You know, your life is your worship. You're not a big singer. You're not a big, oh, hands in air. Like that doesn't normally kind of really excite you. But I want to encourage you to, to book in and come. Come to one of these nights and say, God, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to find a reason to praise you. And I'm going to sing out my praise to you no matter what. And I believe it's going to be a time for us as a church just to be refreshed, to have our, our spirits renewed. And I'm really excited to see what God does as we come together just to worship and praise our Saviour. I just want to finish with one last passage in Hebrews chapter 12. Actually, just as we turn there, I've got, got this thing stuck in my Bible. I wonder if anyone remembers the very first sermon I preached in 2020. There's a question, ponder. Give you a second to think. First sermon I preached in 2020. Now, God spoke to me on holidays. I was out riding the bike near Port Ferry, and God spoke to me. I could point to the exact place He spoke to me and said, Andrew, I want you and I want this church to be a people of gratitude. And as I look back over the last two years, I think, wow, God, you truly speak. God, help us be a people of gratitude. There's a little thing stuck in my Bible. Don't let dreams of future blessings, future blessings, blind us to the blessings in our present. Hebrews chapter 12. I might just read it off the screen there. That'll be easier. Oh, there we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, just as Paul and Silas were, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And then just skipping down to verse 12. It says, So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. You know, we need to take a new grip of our, the joy of our salvation. As we take a grip, as we, as we walk in the joy of our salvation, you know, your joy in Him can encourage those around you. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Let's just stop there. Church, let's choose joy. Let's choose to worship our Saviour. Can we stand today? I just want to pray before we sing this song one last time. God, we just thank you and we praise you today for everything you have already done. God, you said on the cross, it is finished. Lord, your word tells us that nothing can separate us from your love. 
But Lord, death can't, life can't, angels can't, demons can't. You certainly won't. God, we just thank you for everything you have done for us in Christ Jesus. You rose again victorious. And we have the victory in you for anyone who calls on your name. God, I pray over situations that face people today, circumstance where people feel trapped. And God, I just pray that you would break open the jail walls, that you would break off the chains that bind people today. Let us rise up in songs of praise. Let us rise up in worship. Lord, let joy rise up. Let peace rise up in people's hearts, I pray today, Lord. Lord, we pray for miraculous changes of circumstances. We pray for miraculous shifts in what's happening in our world today. And God, we just pray through it all. Lord, be glorified through us as your people, we pray. Have your way in us, Lord. We surrender our lives to you again today. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing the line of that song again as we come to a close. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Some chains know every chain. And as we sing this, I just pray that you will just close your eyes and, and, and sing out these words as a prayer that God would do something in your life miraculous today. That He would break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, that you would rise up in joy for His glory today. Thanks, team. Thank you, Lord.